hey, we're talking um, about John, and that's our major focus for uh, this year, and looking through the book of John. And uh, I love that because I think there's one message as Christians, there's one responsibility we have, um, and that's our responsibility. And I preach this message a ton of times. I, I feel like I keep on coming back to it. But uh, it's this message of the gospel. Like, we've got to carry it. We've got to do something with it. It's not just here for us to, to learn about and then go back to our weeks. But we've actually got to take this on and take this out. And, um, and as a result of the gospel, a result of, of, of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and, and the story of Jesus in our lives, should actually have a physical tangible result in the people around us, in the, in the situations around us, um, in many different ways, not, maybe not even in the good ways that we think they're good, but in other ways that we might not really appreciate until later on. But this should have an effect on us. And I think as Christians, Christians in this place, we have a responsibility to carry this out, um, have this whole, this whole message. I think this, this, the gospel can be summed up in like one little sentence. It's that life gets better. You know, we, without God, life sort of has a limit and it has no, no direction, no purpose, and we find our own directions and purpose. But I believe that when we, when we encounter God and we encounter His purpose for our lives, and that's when we're truly where we're meant to be. Um, I was in Northbridge last night, and, uh, and you just meet some really interesting people in Northbridge. And, but I, we were just sitting there. I was sitting there with a, a group of my um, Christian friends, and we are just thinking like, what is, like, how do you go through life? Like, I have as much struggles as I do, and I'm a Christian. I know my purpose, and I, I'm positive because I know that God's good, and God loves me, and God's got the situation, but I have my own struggles. I think, how are you guys surviving without God? Like, and I think this message um, that we've got to carry is that life gets better. There's this purpose. There's this, um, you know, we're designed to have this relationship with God, and so when we encounter a relationship with God, it just gets better. Everything gets better. Um, it might not be better in the tangible sense, in the sense that we might not be richer, we might not be better looking, we might not, you know, have, the, have our lives together, but it gets better in a soul sense where we're actually working within the capacity that we were designed to work in. And, uh, you know, I think we're, we're made for that open communicative relationship with God. Um, I love the way they describe on Alpha how Nikki Gamble describes it, that, you know, we are here, and we then sin, and something gets in the way of our relationship with God, and, and all of a sudden there's a divide. But Jesus comes, and he takes our sin away, and he takes it on himself, and we're left with no divide between us and God. And, uh, and that's the message we have to carry out, that you know, each and every person has a, can have a relationship with God. It's an open, communicative, communicative relationship. I should have practiced that word. I, uh, I just imagine, like, has anyone seen, like, the Nissan Micra? And they, they, a Nissan Micra, and they, like, pimp it up, and they have, like, a body kit, and it's, like, looks really nice, and they have the, like, full exhaust, big cannon coming out the back, and it's got neon lights and nice rims, and, and it pulls up next to you, and I just see this all the time. I don't know, maybe it's just where I'm driving, but... You just see these really pimped up cars and, and at the surface of it, it's just a Nissan Micra or like a, or like a Mazda 3 or something, these, these average cars, but they look nice and they, they like sound nice and they drive even fast, maybe because the driver's driving it fast, but 
if you peep under the hood, it's just a 1.3 liter EcoBoost engine, you know? It's like just this small engine. And what I want to talk about today is that I think sometimes um, as Christians, there's a potential for us to get too caught up with what's on the outside, what's happening on the outside and how we look and, and how everything's going on the surface level. And then when we peep under the engine, really it's just a 1.3 liter EcoBoost engine that doesn't have much guts. But as Christians, and if we're going to make a difference in this world, then I think we need to be living like supercharged V8s. Come on, like Holden, Holden or Ford? Holden? Hold, yeah, I thought so. Supercharged V8s. You know, this real genuine, we're not trying to fake anything. We're not trying to, you know, put on an image where we're real, we're authentic, we're genuine. And we've got to let it start within the inside. We can't just do some nice panel beating on the outside and make sure the outside looks all flush and all nice and nice paint jobs and cool lights and flashy things. But it's actually got to start within the inside with an authentic, real relationship with God, a real encounter with the Holy Spirit, and let that work its way out. Let that become the thing that, you know, the, the outside is great. We can have our lives together. But if it doesn't start within the inside, then it's all just a show. It's good. It's good. Um, I don't know if you ever see people standing in the shopping center and they've got these big signs and they're like, you know, repent and come to Christ. And, and, and we were in Sydney and there's this massive sign there, this group of people, and we like sort of figured out they were Christians. We're like, awesome, we get to speak to Christians. And then we hear this message over there, like they have a little speaker and they're like, um, repent. Otherwise, you'll be killed. There's a big wave coming to hit Sydney in December. That was his last December. I don't think it happened. There's going to be a big tsunami, and you need to repent because otherwise you're not going to become saved, and you're going to go to hell, and, and you're going to become wiped out. And I just think, like, that's one way to tell the gospel, but I think there's a far better way. And I think it's just the way that we let our lives be the testimony. We let our authentic, real relationship do all the speaking that we need to do. We don't need big signs, big banners, but our life and our testimony becomes a big billboard that we begin to minister to people off. Uh, I don't think we need these, these um, even like strategies and all that, they're, they're great, but let's, let's make sure it starts with our life being the testimony. And I know that my life... Um, in a small way, has been a testimony to people. And it's been far greater than when I've tried to force it or tried to, you know, hand out flyers about God or whatever. Like, my life is my testimony. Let that be our thing. Let's read through John 3. Um, John 3. And it's a story of Jesus and Nicodemus. And, and we've been going through the book of John and we had the... Um, had Jesus turning water into wine, and, and before that, Jesus was baptized. And, and then uh, after the water and wine, he went into the temple and flipped the tables. And, and, and all these things are a little bit controversial. And they begin to, like, spread word. And, and so this Jewish leader, he's like the, the, the godly of the godly. He comes up to Jesus, and he meets him at night. Um, and he sort of meets him away from people. There's a number of reasons it could have been at night. It could have been because he was respectful of Jesus' time. It could have been because he was scared of what people would think of him meeting with Jesus. But he says, he has this conversation, and just watch for the two distinct languages happening between these two people, Jesus and Nicodemus. He says, he came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. No one could perform the signs you are doing if you are not with him. 
Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. How can someone be born again, Nicodemus said. Surely they cannot enter into their mother's womb a second time and be born. Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where, it co- where, it co- uh, where it's going, where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with people who are born of the Spirit. How can this be, Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, G- uh, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things. Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify of what we have seen but still you do not accept our testimony i've spoken of earthly things and you do not believe how will you believe if i speak heaven of if i speak of heavenly things no one has ever gone to heaven except for the one who came from heaven the son of man just as moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness so so the son of man must be lifted up that everyone, may, everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned and is, uh, is condemned already because they do not believe in the name of God's one and only son. This is the verdict the light has come into the world. But the people love the darkness instead of the light because, of their, de- because their deeds were evil. Everyone who, hates, uh, everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come to the light because they fear their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that, they, so that it may be seen plainly what they have done in the sight of God. That's a big passage, but it's an interesting conversation because if you if you've picked up on it, Nicodemus who's this educated man, is speaking the language of knowledge. He's speaking of what he knows. He's, he's asking Jesus to gain more knowledge. He even calls Jesus rabbi, which means teacher, which was a, a respectful and graceful thing to do, but he's, he's um, gotten the wrong concept of his relationship with Jesus. So, so Nicodemus is, is saying, coming from this point of knowledge, and you'll notice that Jesus keeps on coming back and saying, very truly I tell you. In other words, this is the truth. This is, this is the knowledge you need to know. No one um, can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so there's this whole, there's this whole discourse in this passage between knowledge and faith. Knowledge and this conversation of life and this new life in Jesus. And... Um, you know, I believe that sometimes we can, we can know of something, we can know, we can know everything about something or someone, but we can miss knowing them. I had this dream that I was like just best friends with Justin Bieber and it was so real. I tell you, like I woke up and I looked for his number on my phone, but like we were hanging out and I feel like our personalities just clicked really well. I still feel like, you know, if me and Justin Bieber could just get together we would be friends, like we would get along. We're like similar people, sort of. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I just feel like we'd have a similar sense of humour. But I, I woke up and looked through my phone because I just felt this dream was so real and his number wasn't in there. And I'm like, 
Well, I know a lot about Justin Bieber. I know, I know a lot about Justin Bieber, what he's done, a bit about his story um, and, and everything like that. But I don't actually know him. And I wonder if with God we can get confused that we know him when we actually just know of him. When we, you know, come to, come to church to know more about God, but we miss out on the opportunity of actually knowing him. So Jesus came and died and rose again so that we could have relationship, not just knowledge, not just a, a rabbi sort of teacher-student relationship, but this actual, proper, genuine, intimate relationship. Um, God is calling us to an intimate, intimate relationship. Here's the, here's the big idea I want to get to this morning, um, because I, I just feel like we're going to have a good ministry time after this. And uh, In fact, if we can even have the keys up, that would be great. It's John 3, 5, that passage, passage we just read. Very truly, I tell you, Jesus said, no one can enter the kingdom of heaven unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where, it's, where, it's, where it comes from or where it's going. So is everyone born of the Spirit. Let me, let me ask you this morning. Do you know God or do you just know of God? Are you born again on the, on the surface sort of flesh level where you've made the decision in your head? Because that's great, but have you made the decision in your spirit? Is there a spirit-to-spirit -spirit connection? Galatians 5, 19, 25, sort of, it, it sums up this relationship that we're meant to have. And I'll read, sorry, from 22. This is the fruit of what a authentic relationship with God looks like. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Against, against such things are, is no law. Now, what this basically means that is our, the outworking of our faith, the, the, the face of what the church should be, should be those things. If our life doesn't reflect those things, I mean, it just means you're human, but it just means that maybe, you know, we need to come back to the altar again. It's just this, this coming back and coming back and coming back. I don't know about you, but I want that in my life. I want a real, genuine, authentic relationship with God in my life. And and the outworking of that will be the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. I want to invite you this morning, um, just having a really short message, because I just wanted to get to a ministry time. And, and when I was preparing, I just felt like I needed to leave a good solid block for the Holy Spirit to work, because I just feel, I, d I don't want this to come from a place of condemnation or anything like that. I want people to be set free this morning. Like I want the Holy Spirit to come into people this morning. Um, so if we could just get the lights down and, and everyone just standing where they are, that'd be great. Yeah, just stand up. The main thing, the main thing I wanted to get to this morning was, hey, do you know God or do you just know of God? Do you, maybe you've been a Christian for, for, for ages and you sort of, it's an easy trap to, be get, to get caught into. I went to Bible college, and i got to say that having a, 
hour-long coffee with another pastor was better for my relationship with God than my, you know, $2,000 unit at Bible college. Um, because there's this whole thing of there's relationship with God and there's knowledge of God and both are great, but it's got to start with the relationship. It's got to stem from this genuine relationship with God. And so with every eye bowed and head, sorry, yeah, every eye closed and head bowed this morning, um, I just want to give you the opportunity um, just to come forward, just to come forward and we're going to come back into worship. We're going to continue to sing and um, and just worship about God, uh, worship God. And But if you just want to come and pray and um, come and get prayer and if I could come and like just pray for you and I just believe the Holy Spirit is in this place. We've already sung about it. Um, I just feel like He's going to fill you and it's just going to change something within you. It's so... It's so real and it might not be like a feeling thing. It might not be um, something that you feel straight away, but it might be something that you notice in your life after this moment. I just want to encourage you right now as the band begins to play, just come forward, come to the front. If you just know that you need a fresh feeling of the Holy Spirit, I believe Kalamunda is just going to be this. I'm sad that I'm leaving, but I believe that Kalamunda is going to be this incredible Holy Spirit edged church. And I think it starts in moments like these when people come back to the altar and say, I want a fresh feeling. I'm not done. I want more. I want to see more miracles and more signs. Come on, I want to see people experience the love and the peace and the patience and the kindness through me. I want them, I want to walk out to the community and have my testimony just flowing from me because I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, oh, holy 
I just get this vision that, you know, when we leave this place, like this is like a holy huddle and we get filled up with the Spirit, but then when we leave this place, that church would continue. Like this, this encounter with God would continue. This isn't the pinnacle of our faith and relationship with God, but this is just the huddle. This is just the encouragement. And the real work actually happens out there. You know, I know so many people that have relationships with their friends and family and and it just feels like it's it's dry, there's no faith, there's no hope in that. You know what, I believe that just a fresh feeling of the Holy Spirit and that actually being just like flowing from you, being so rich with the Holy Spirit that would just like, just literally drip off you. I feel like that's going to be all the change that that situation needs. That's going to be all the testimony, all the encouragement, all the words that that relationship needs for, for your friends and for your family just to be pushed over the edge. I also just want to open this up to anyone in this place that's, um, you know, been here for a bit or maybe it's your first time this morning, but you just know you need to come back to God. You just know that God's been calling you back into a relationship with Him for a long time, maybe even just for this morning. And you just know it's right, right now. You don't want to wait any longer. You just want to accept Christ back into your life or into your life for the first time. I'm going to give you that opportunity and, and it's just a simple prayer, but the power of it will change your life. The power of relationship with God, it's, it's the best thing. It's, it's what you're intended to do. So with every eye closed and head bowed, if you want to accept Christ into your life right now, no one is looking apart from me, um, just so I know who I'm praying for. But if you could just stick up your hand and we'll all pray together. Um, if you just want to accept Christ into your life, just raise your hand nice and high. Awesome. Awesome. That's so good. Anyone else? Cool. All right, you can put down your hands. You've got like four people. That's so cool. Let me just pray. Let's all, let's all pray this together. Yeah, okay, we'll clap in a bit. We'll get there. Let's all pray this as one body and one church, one family. Let's pray this prayer. Dear Jesus. I'm praying, that the, I'm praying this prayer because I know that I've done wrong. I'm so sorry and I trust you will forgive me. I accept your love and your grace for me and ask that you would be my Lord. Help me be, to believe in you and your love every day. Help me to show the world what you are like and how great your love is. And may I never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give that a massive around applause. Oh, so much good stuff happening right here. I also felt as I was preparing this morning, I don't know if it's still a thing, but just that someone's got a a word? Is that anyone? Does that resonate with anyone? Someone's got a prophetic word. No, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Hey, this is so good. This is so good. Let's uh, let's make sure that this week we're diving into God. Like we're diving into that relationship. You know, it's easy for this to become the pinnacle, and I think that's a very, um, it's such an easy thing to do. But that's that whole thing of. We need to 
visualize our relationship with God as like this wind that comes and goes and sometimes it's strong, sometimes it's not. Don't know why, but it doesn't just get good at Sunday morning. It gets good in the week. So let's really push into God this week. Let's go into our connect groups all fired up. Let's be ready for the Holy Spirit to move through us. Um, I love seeing miracles happen. And I think the crazy thing about miracles is they only ever happen when I have the faith to sort of make them happen. Um, when I have the faith to sort of say the prayer. And they happen pretty commonly when I do that. And so why don't I just do that more? But it's nothing special about me that each and every person in this room has the same Holy Spirit that I have within me. And you can pray that same prayer and see miracles happen. You can pray for someone and see them be healed. I think that's crazy. So I encourage you this week. Come on, let's be strong with our faith. Let's dive in a relationship with God. Is that cool? I'm just going to read this benediction because I thought it would be cool to end with a benediction. Um, and then we'll go back into some awesome worship. Brothers and sisters, look for Jesus. Seek Him as treasure in this great wide world. Seek Him in the eyes of your loved ones and in the eyes of strangers. May your heart burn within you as the Lord draws close to you this week. Amen? Come on, let's continue to worship God this morning.